terrors of tripping on pump. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, 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 what's up everybody? Today is Monday, February 22nd, 2016. This is episode 174 of the Hotbox. I'm Matt. Always with me right now is Gooey Rabinski on Skype. What's up, Gooey? Hey, man. Good to have you. We also have some special guests with us. Gooey, I'm going to let you do this introducing because you're so good at it. You know, I'm like, totally unprepared, too. It's like I have a... Uh mindful of distraction but uh anyway what we one uh you know we've been kind of like a sausage fest here quite frankly and there is so much cool stuff going on with so many hundreds and literally thousands of women in the cannabis movement they're often patient advocates often caregivers but they're doing a lot of really cool stuff and and so i just thought it would be great to uh to pull in some of that energy and and creativity because i have personally been so impressed by by the efforts of these people and and i think uh, that listeners should be turned on to to what they're doing so uh starlight monday well starlight you were born in oregon and you currently live in san diego right that's right right now so how long when did how long did you live in oregon uh, uh, 18, 19 years. <laughs> this is like till you went to college kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, till I went to college. Yeah, so you're very much, a, I find you to be very much an Oregon type of, type of person. Uh, um, but obviously you. sticking to, to the West Coast. I think Oregon people are pretty cool. I don't know. <laughs> They're my favorite kinds. Well, what's neat about Starlight is she focuses on helping entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry who are focused on craft businesses. This is one of the things that she does. And it's kind of the area that I tune into because I'm just personally very interested in it. And she helps those craft businesses, you know, form their brand, go to market, understand the marketplace in which they're playing. She's very good at at that, making presentations and lectures and writing about it. Uh, And uh, I, I think craft is where it's at personally. Um, I don't want to buy pre-rolled machine joints from a future Marlboro, you know. Uh, I, I I want the small batch, high, highest quality stuff I can get. And that's really what Starlight is tuned into. Thanks. That's, that's, an, that's a pretty good introduction, Gary. That was pretty sweet. You bet. Well, I think you, I think you deserve it. Now, uh, Twice Baked in Washington, she... Hi. Also known as Pam. Uh, Pam has an amazing history in using cannabis as medicine. And I think uh, she's very sincere toward it. She's really uh, hardcore into cannabis juicing. Now, cannabis juicing is new and, quite frankly, controversial. Uh, but there's a lot That's of hard right. science be- behind it. And it's winning it. me over. <laughs> it, is, it is winning me over. I think it's just part of... of cannabis therapy so hold on you you're when you say cannabis juicing you're just like taking buds and like blending them up and then drinking it or explain (laughs) that literally i'm literally eating it i'm not smoking it i'm not putting any eat like i'm literally eating it i put it in my blender in the morning and i drink the whole thing up are you decarboxylating it at all or you're eating the thca 
That's correct. So, okay, so um, everything stays in its acid state. All the minerals and vitamins of the plant are uh, still utilized, and I'm eating the whole plant, chlorophyll and everything. Interesting. So you're not getting that psychoactive effect. This is more of a health conscious kind of thing. Right. Right. So I've been I've been eating it raw for like mm, three and a half, four years or so. And I notice when I'm consistent with it, I have like anti inflammatory benefits and my brain works better and I'm happier. And, you know, it's just another layer of all the different ways I use cannabis. But it's it's by far one of the best ways I've ever used cannabis. Where did you where did you first see that? Did you just like, oh, this weed smells good. I want to blend it up and, and taste it or like <laughs> add it to my food. Like how how did you start that? It sounds very paleo, if I may. Uh, actually, when I was in, uh, I went to nutrition school in 2011. And one of the speakers there was a man named David Wolf who is a raw foodist and he went through this whole spiel and he finished off with one time that the greatest food that you could ever consume raw is cannabis. And he said that he had dinner once in Canada and he had a cannabis salad and it was the most amazing thing ever. And that struck me as that was at the very beginning when I first became a patient and I was like, I have to find this juice. I have to be able to, but it was like so hard to find. I, that was a, that's a whole other story all by and itself. And you were smoking so before that? Randomly. Mm -hmm. You were smoking before that or eating edibles or what, what was your... Uh, I, would, I was doing edibles mostly. Like I was trying to figure out smokeless ways to use cannabis. And um, so I was doing edibles and that's kind of what started my Twice Baked in Washington blog was because the edibles that I was finding out there were just things I wouldn't normally consume anyway. They're unhealthy pieces of crap that have sugar and all sorts of things I wouldn't eat. And I'm eating this stuff on a daily basis. So I'm, this is about my health, and I took it really seriously. So um, so no, yes. no weed brownies for you, man, huh? <laughs> well, they would be healthy weed brownies. Like gluten-free gluten -free <laughs> weed brownies? <laughs> That's crazy. And so, so you, you notice like uh, when you do this as opposed to when you don't do it so routinely, like there are mad amounts of added benefits to your day-to-day -day life, it sounds like. For sure, for sure. And I've done it a few different ways. I've done it kind of in a – I've done it the way Dr. William Courtney has recommended so that you like are taking – you know, six shots a day and juicing a plant a day, like crazy amounts of cannabis. <laughs> you have to grow a lot of weed to um, do that, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I really relied on my friends to be able to do that protocol. And <laughs> for sure. And, um, but I've also used it kind of just as a daily kind of like taking a wheatgrass shot. What's that like? And right now I'm in the middle of an experiment of growing my own so that I can figure out once the laws change in July, where I'm allowed to have 15 plants right now, but in July I'll be allowed to have four. So I'm trying to figure out what that looks like as far as how much juice I'm able to get out of four plants and um, and all of that, trying to figure that out. So that lay, like. lay the numbers out on us. That like for one plant, where does that get you as far as like juicings per day or like a, is that a juice per plant or you're, you're getting more than one out of an individual plant? Well, right. How I'm doing it right now um, is I'm removing 10 to 20 percent of the leaves on each plant per day my plants really aren't that big they're kind of little they're maybe a foot tall each and i i don't have that many i don't have my full 15 that i could have 
but I, uh, I'm taking just, it works out to be about 10 grams a day of leaves that I'm taking off. So it, it sounds like more than it is. It's a handful that goes right. right in my blender. So I'm getting all the fiber in it when I take it with the blender as well, as opposed to juicing it. Because honestly, before I started juicing cannabis, I'm not a vegetable juicer. Or I'm not a juicing kind of person. It's sort of against my uh, natural way to eat food. <laughs> but, you know, bring <laughs> cannabis in the picture. And I went and bought an expensive juicer so that I could juice it. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and and for people who are curious about what Pam is talking about, uh, I I will admit, I... Periscope on my iPad equals twice bacon in Washington. I've tried watching some other ones and they're just a waste of my freaking time. You know, it's like, I just really don't care if you're sitting around smoking weed and you know, you want me to see your pooch or something. I I don't, you know, I don't care. There's an awful lot of that on Periscope, isn't there? There is. Weird. But but Pam never wastes my time. uh, Twice bacon in Washington was the first people I followed and I was so delighted and I totally recommend it because online girl, a serious presence happening in exposing what it's like to have cannabis at home and home grows and your processing of all the uh, phases. And it's amazing how you just will answer the same questions a billion freaking times every time somebody asks you what it is you're doing again. And like you are you're you're not just um, you're not just doing it for this for yourself, which is something I think is really amazing is that you're sharing this information that people just you know, it's a difference between like, I'm going to get online and look up on articles on how to do something versus this friendly lady who feels like my friend who feels like I'm sitting at her house and she's showing me how to do this at home for myself. You know, I really love yeah. it. Thank you so much. That's those are the sweetest words ever, because that's exactly it's it, it started out being by myself and frustrated that the information out there was when I'm going on YouTube and I'm trying to find out ways, it's all about how to smoke it and how to, you know, it's just not, it's getting better now, but like, it's just the information is lacking. And, and I think it's awesome to have somebody out there that has, you know, as friendly presence and a sweet face and they're way easier to watch than some hippie. Some, this is horrible. What I'm about to say, but, you know, some unwashed hippie somewhere. I know. It's like if you're going to make a damn YouTube video, like take a shower first. Christ. It's not that hard. For real. I've watched some grimy fucking reviews on YouTube and I'm like, ah, how does this have like 500,000 views on it? You can smell them through the internet. I know. That's like half of our audience. That's fine. You just lost 50%. Uh, so are you so tell me yeah, I'm actually kinda a little curious about what's happening with the with the shift in Washington where you have to dramatically reduce that number of plants. Is that already set in stone? When was that decided? Is there any last, like chance for last year, Well, last year they passed a bill, um, House Bill fifty fifty two and it basically does away with medical cannabis the way that That's we have right. it set up now. That's so right. they're trying, they're getting rid of all the unregulated shops. They're shutting them down, um, you know, or allowing them to kind of go over into uh, recreational stores or be kind of set up like that. They're still figuring it out. But as for myself as a patient, um, the limits that I'm allowed to hold and grow and all of that are being dramatically reduced from like 24 ounces to three. And oh. from, like I said, 15 plants 
to four. So, I mean, it's it's one thing. Like, I know people that are growing plants for their epileptic children, and you know, this is how they are keeping their children alive and all these whatnot. And it's it's really impacting every person that I know who is a medical cannabis patient in one way or another. Obviously, um, even like I've been going to the cannabis markets. I go to them all the time because we have farmers markets here. And um, I'm asking people there, what are you going to do in July? Because they're not going to be able to sell their cannabis at the markets anymore. It's already mm. illegal, but they can, they're still allowed to do it until July. And uh, either they're going to go back into the black market, which they will blatantly tell me, which right. I find shocking that they tell me that, or... Or they're, you know, they don't have another option. These are a lot of yeah. people are their patients themselves, and they don't have jobs, and that's their how they make money. So it's it's a very interesting situation, for sure. I think the I think the black market response is indicative of a systemization and regulation that has failed. Right, that's the whole freaking yeah. point, isn't it? Is to regulate so that the black market is no longer the the method of choice when it comes to your options in, in getting the plant. And if that's like, if that's anecdotally what is going to happen, right. Then technically the regulations in Washington have failed greatly. Like that's a, that's a huge failure. Yeah, right. it Come. is. It is a huge failure. So I'm curious to see what happens. I don't see them being able to continue um, just because they don't have a way to sell. They'll have to go like so backwards and find, you know, I'm not going to be taking their cards. I'm really not because I, I don't want to be involved in any of that. Who knows? Right. How how um, reversible is this particular bill in the way that it affects the, the patients individually? Like perhaps, yes, as part of shutting down the medical system in Washington, they have also inadvertently shut down the home patients, right? In, in thinking that the difference is really just a location for supply. Do you think that they might reassess aspects of that shutdown to make it more appropriate for patients? I, I hope so. I hope eventually. I know that there's a couple of bills that are in the works right now that um, will allow for home grow for everybody in Washington, which would be a huge help for a lot of patients um, yeah. without having to be on a registry because we're the only state that doesn't allow home grow that's of the legal states, Alaska, wow. Oregon, D.C., Colorado, you know, right. um, which is ridiculous. So, you know, that would ease a lot of problems for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. But it's changing what's what we've already created. And I think that's kind of what legalization is going to look like. We have these weird rules now that are being enforced and they're not going to work. They're definitely not perfect. And they're going to have to be reformed over and over again. Yeah. Kind of like boot, you know. What's yeah. the purpose of that? Like, I came here from Montana, which was a strictly medical state, which is having its own battle right now uh, as far as repeal or, or more regulation. And it seems like that the in a capitalist market, like, if, if there's too many shops, then there will be certain ones that just go out of business because there's not enough people smoking. Why are they putting such weird restrictions like that? Like, you can have your medical shops and still have your rec shops and everyone can make money. It, it do, it's seems like a weird thing that they're forcing and they're going to have a lot of like unintended consequences because of it. I think. I agree. I totally agree. And I think it's weird to have to, 
you know, all of it, they're basically wanting to collect tax on everything that's being sold. And so the only way to not pay tax as a patient in come July, well, you'll have to be on a registry in order to not pay tax, which is just, thank you very much. I don't really need that. Another loop or hoop for me to jump through as a patient to <laughs> get cannabis. Unbelievable. I have a hypothesis as to why this happened in Washington. Um, from the California perspective, uh, medicinal marijuana has been relatively unregulated for a fairly long time. There's been local uprisings against um, particular dispensaries and things opening and closing, but it's uh, across the board. Medical has kind of been a locally moderated method of, of cannabis. I think when California saw what happened with Washington, they started to preempt putting in place more medical regulation. Because when you look at Washington from the outside, it looks like they implemented recreational as a surprise to the people who write legislation, right? And suddenly recreational cannabis is legal and we hadn't we hadn't really thought that it was going to happen. And then the people who spent a lot of money on licensing to follow along with all the rules that suddenly was a very uptight system because it's new, because it's cannabis, they pointed and went, what about medical over here, man? Like, and, and Washington couldn't figure out a way to deftly handle the transition because also recreational was going out of control. Like, too much supply, not enough supply. Everything's exploding. It's all going fine. Everybody, like Washington, it was chaotic as bananas on recreational. And they just went, ah, I don't know. Okay, fuck it. And closed medical without realizing, without realizing, thinking that oh, it's cannabis. So it's the same thing and it doesn't matter. And what, let's just do one system because clearly two, we can't keep it together. That's just a hypothesis and my personal like I can see that though, right? Like a few is, but, yeah. a few prominent shop owners or farmers being like, uh, but what about those guys? And then then be like, Okay, yeah. since you won't shut the and hell up about it, we'll go slap those guys too. And now everyone has to be miserable and shitty. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> That's a very human thing to do. <laughs> It is, but it's also, I think it's also, I think the division between medical and recreational is still a testament of prohibition. Like, deep down, you should, anybody should have access to grow as many plants as you want, to sell whatever. It's a plant. It's, everybody should have access to it. And I don't think it's that freaking serious. But because we're coming out of reefer madness and all of this insanity, we have to do this weird dance of between, like, not quite normal yet, but medically necessary. And we've tried to create systems in which they just don't reflect the truth about cannabis, which is... It, it's plant. Stop trying to control it so much. Now, right. I understand that business and industry requires us to operate in a particular set where, like, if you're going to make money off something, the government wants a piece. Okay. Down the road, I think cannabis will lean more towards it's not that freaking serious. But down the road means 10, 15 years from now. At the earliest, before none of this even matters It's anymore. context, right? They're putting all of this in place right. under the context of this is like the most dangerous nuclear type right. of substance known to man. <laughs> so we got to be super careful. Otherwise, oh, you know, reefer right. madness, right, guys? Right? right. And like, right. and everyone's going along with it because what's the alternative? Full schedule one. Right. Everyone can go fuck themselves, right. basically. Right. So it sucks that, like, to get what we want 15 years down the road, like, we almost have to play into this game of of sorts. 
Yeah, I I call the cannabis industry right now basically like the puberty years. It's gross. <laughs> it's really awkward. It's got all kinds of acne and like doesn't know who it is in the world. And like it's one day they're like, like, I love you, inheritance. Mom. Day they're like I hate you, everybody. And right. you're like, oh god. One day Mom, it gets like well a, out and it, just be a kid. It gets a million dollars from its dead grandparents <laughs> right. one day, and it's like, oh my god, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I actually, I just got back from Canacon uh, here in, in Seattle and I went yeah, last year. It. That was when I first moved here and, and I saw it and like my whole context for that is coming from like something like CES where it's a, a big technology show and oh, all of these right. companies are there. That's that's what I used to cover. And, and so seeing it last year, it was cool. There was a lot of booths and a lot of like a lot of throwaway crap, but a lot of good stuff. Seeing it this year, though, it, it was bigger and like the companies that were there were more more like validating of this as an industry like buki was there with their rotovaps and there were these uh extractor tech people there with these like five hundred thousand dollar co2 extractors talking about like being able to run through a bunch of of cannabis if you need it for your tier three rec grow uh like seeing it this year it was definitely it, it was something like there was a lot more of, of that, like expensive lab stuff and, and, and things mainstream. Yeah. It was, was more, I was there too. I went there on Friday and um, I mean, I've been there all th- since the Tacoma dome. I've been to all three and it for sure, like they stepped up their game big time. Um, yeah. It felt like just like a regular would, you know, conference about, but, but you're totally right. It was like a totally different kind of vibe, even this much more business and serious and it's cool. Yeah. It, <laughs> it just, it validates like what everyone's doing and working towards. And it's still sad to see like all of these hoops to jump through. Like you said, that you don't see like the telecom industry or the liquor industry or the, all these other, other things like having to jump through these hoops as far as, what they have to do to like sell some freaking weed, you know, like it's, it shouldn't be that hard. Totally. I don't think any of those were schedule one drugs. Mm-hmm. No, but well, uh, yeah, right? that's weird, right? <laughs> Even big pharma can it's sell drugs easier it's... than, than you or I. Yeah. It's problematic, man. Even, so, I mean, even hemp is Starlight, you're in... strong in a lot of illness. You're in California. Did, did you see the news about Normal finally like picking a a battle here? I guess. Are, are you excited I did. about what this? What did they decide? Let me check it out. So I, I it sounds like they've been kind of waiting for the right the right bill to to get behind or whatever. But yeah, they're uh, they're finally putting their efforts towards towards this new legalization measure. So kind of exciting. What's the uh, measure called? Uh, they said that they're announcing the backing of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Alan St. Peter's Group Chief, uh, the significance of the statewide effort cannot be overstated on the matter of ending prohibition. He says, as California goes, so too goes the rest of the nation. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what bill it is. Do you know, Gooey? Is this um, ALMA, A-U-M-A, the ALMA, pro- the ALMA proposal? Maybe. I think that might be it. Probably. Yeah, it's got a couple of weird names. The way you said it was, this, it's just super long. Like <laughs> the California to tax and recreate and blah blah blah. Like that's the one. So that's good. Here. 
is that something is that gonna tear apart medical and like kind of do what washington's doing you think okay here's what i think about that i think california unlike washington sees the writing on the wall and and immediately started this was last year putting in revisions and guidance and framework and legislation around medical preempting this in October or September last year. There has been a whole bunch of hullabaloo from the industry about what they think about the bill that got passed. Like, obviously there are people who are like, man, it's great. It's been needed. And how long do you think we could get away with having 99 plants? Like, we're, we've got to put a little more structure and framework around this because recreational is coming. And then there are people who are like, this is the end of the world and this is the end of medical and it's just one more nail in the coffin, right? Then some messed up shit happened. I don't know if it was a typo or a loophole. Like the press kind of covers it in different ways depending who you ask. In the bill that got passed that suddenly allows cities and counties to ban all cannabis medical anything if they want to and starting in the beginning of january suddenly all of these cities and counties across the state of california have implemented bans for dispensaries or outdoor grows or whatever like whatever vision of the industry they detest the most right and it happened out of the blue and it was right after the holidays and so suddenly all these city ordinances are just shutting businesses down left and right now, whether that bill gets revised and the loophole is undone and everybody goes back to business, I don't know if it's going to be that easy. Is the bill that comes out next going to undo that revision? Like how, what actually happens now is kind of murky. Um, then, then there is recreational happening in November in California. Now, there are people who... I would say from an industry perspective would like California to keep going slow because it gives a lot of us who are getting started now a whole lot more runway before all the rules of recreational hit because that chaos that's happening in Washington, right? Like businesses are constantly having to revise their legal stance in the industry. And that's problematic no matter what, but it's terrible in California. And then there's just, there's just not a level field on who, uh, who regulates what at the same way, like San Diego and LA are dramatically different. You wouldn't think that they would be, but Oh my God, the attitude about cannabis in San Diego is dramatically more conservative and destructive to businesses here than it is in LA. And then LA and San Francisco or San Francisco and Mendocino. And like, you know, it's just, it's a crazy landscape and that doesn't even cover the desert, but right now it's a mess. Uh, Everybody wants cannabis recreationally to pass In November, I don't think people realize for the most part what's been happening locally in their neighborhoods in order to take action now that like we're all excited about a big boat in November, but there's crazy shit happening like at this moment in most cities and counties around California. And this is this is in particular the Newsom Parker bill with, you know, Sean Parker from Napster fame. If you saw the Facebook movie, he was that a little bit. Right. So a lot of money behind it, which it looks like is what the not movement but what the the bill stuff needed as far as getting it out there and getting people to to do their thing i'm not sure but has reform california gotten behind this bill because i think at one point they had been really been focusing on coming up with a bill that addressed everybody's um perspective in the industry but 
at one point, I think they weren't behind that bill. And I'm wondering if they, if they ever flipped over as well, because they, they were really from the stance of we've talked to little baby farmers. We've talked to giant millionaire industries, titans of industry. And here's what we think is a rule that or a set of rules and legislation and that meets patient needs and people needs and recreational right. and put that forward. But it was this big amalgamation. I'm guessing it's probably um, not this one, but they've got right. normals vote now. So. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And then, yeah, I, I do want to talk about a little bit what's what's happening in Montana, because I, I find it really interesting. I, I'm in and sure I, I have a bias coming from Montana and obviously being a, a cannabis consumer myself. But the the way this safe Montana group is going about, like gathering signatures and everything. And there have been complaints as far as their Facebook page having the seal of Montana on it. And like, you're not supposed to do that because this is uh I forget what they call it. It's like a petition. It's a it's something as far as like a political stance, one or one to the other. And the state can't endorse one or the other because of something people are voting on. So things like that. And then having like children gather signatures for them, I guess you're not allowed to do that. You have to be like 18. And, and the guy that's, that's the director of it, Steve Zabawa, he's like a car ownership, uh, dealership owner. So he's he's got his hands in this and saying that he basically wants this to be treated like uh, like prescriptions. You have to go to a doctor, go to a pharmacy, uh, get it from, you know, you can't have dispensaries or anything like that. And uh, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting watching the back and forth as far as, you know, how the news handles it and who they kind of show their unbiased favor to as far as camera time and, and edits and, and whatnot. <laughs> So I don't know. They they have to get quite a few right. signatures, but uh, so far it seems like it might come out okay. But again, who knows? Montana. I know. It's such a beautiful place. What happened, you guys? Yeah. It used to be so awesome there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, you just started cracking down. I don't know. People like right. this just, you know scaring everybody being like cocaine and meth you don't want those legalized well you better vote on this then like completely misleading and yeah i don't know i'll, I'll put a link to this in the in the show notes you guys can check it out but yeah they're uh they're trying to put up i-176 which will basically repeal the whole montana medical marijuana act so well good luck uh who was it i was talking to i think it was you gooey where we were talking about what's happening in was it illinois and yeah, especially yeah. in sh um, the medical program kind of quote unquote being in a testing phase. Yeah, they can, the governor, the governor's administration can shut it down in 2017 if he so chooses. And unfortunately it's a situation very much like New Jersey with Chris Christie, where the governor's administration is relatively conservative Republican and they are opposed to this program. Uh, so they're dragging their heels and trying practicing obstructionism is, is quite blatant in my opinion, at least if you're a medical cannabis advocate and you do your homework and see what the hell they're doing, it is. That's right. You were talking, they, they have basically, um, basically had pinched shut the funnel of, of applicants and nobody's being able to get through, even though there's been tons and tons of applicants. Isn't that correct? That's right. Up, up through, like, I believe it was the end of December. And we have to take a lot of these numbers with uh, a grain of salt. Uh, but they had had roughly 4,400, if we believe, credible news sources, uh, like Fortune magazine, 
they'd had about 40, the state of Illinois had approved about 4,400 patients for inclusion in the program. There were 25 to 30 pending. Now, the word from the dispensary owners, the cultivation facility owners, you know, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars had been invested into the infrastructure in Illinois based on really a belief or at least a faith on the part of these venture capitalists and, and uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurs that this program was going to be ongoing, even though when you get right down to it, it is a pilot program and it has been since the beginning. And anyone who, who you know, invested $30 million in a cultivation facility and their attorneys did not make them aware of that. Well, caveat emptor, but, you know, I really should have read the, the fine print. The sad part mm. is here. Word is coming from dispensaries and cultivation facilities and everyone in the food chain that if the state does not approve patients at a, a faster level, you know, at, at a greater and greater volumes on a monthly basis, they're not going to have enough business to stay in business. You know, the investors in those businesses aren't going to let it hang out there forever. They're going to say, when do we start getting a return on this? Because it's legal now. And, you know, med at the medical level and, and all the infrastructure is in place and it's matured, you know, it's online. Why why are we not getting the foot traffic through our dispensaries to j just to break even, just stay alive? Now, these companies are in it to make a profit, a fair profit, you know, helping patients. I'm not saying they're all great. I'm sure, you know, like anything, there's good and bad there. Uh, but if if this Republican administration is successful and just really putting the, you know, the brakes on this program, my fear is in 2017, it's going to come up for, quote unquote, review a conservative uh, governor, if he's still in office, uh, and I haven't checked all his details, is going to say, gosh, you have such low enrollment and this program is really just not a success. Pull the plug on it. And then again, tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars of, of you know money invested is going to go down the tubes that obviously uh, at a national level is not going to be a good thing for this industry. Yeah. Is the chokehold around, is the chokehold around the approved medical patient reasons or like, are they just simply dragging their feet on They're accepting They're losing patients? paperwork probably like nobody. Right. Matt's, Matt's right. But here's the grand irony of all the medical states in the country. And we're getting up damn close to, you know, 45, 50%. Okay. On the medical side. Okay. Of all of them, Illinois covers 39 conditions, including things like Tourette's and and just stuff that nobody else covers. And it's it's fantastic list. I, I have it on my blog. Uh, it's really, you know, it, it, it deserves a lot of respect. That's the program itself. But this administration, they don't care about all that. They just want to shut this down because they don't believe in cannabis in, in any way, shape or form, even medicinally. Uh, that sucks. That sucks that, like, they can't just sit back and let it fail on its own because they know it wouldn't. They had to actually say, oh, well, you have no customers, so good luck selling pot. And then, you know, be like, oh, well, look at these totally low numbers. You ha you guys yeah. didn't sell any pot. Right? Like, yeah, no shit. You didn't let us. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right. The that's infrastructure dick. is there. The patient demand is there. I mean, the sick people are there, right? Companies like Cresco Labs in Chicago are doing these really slick looking PR campaigns that are trying to communicate to average middle class patients with 
cancer and MS and Crohn's disease and Tourette's, you know, they're, they're trying to say, look, there is legal medical marijuana in the state of Illinois. And, and they're trying to teach them about cannabinoid profiles and terpenes and the entourage effect. And it's really, you know, it's really very impressive. And then you get this one relatively small group of conservative, I'm going to call them Luddites, you know. Uh, Let's call them of, assholes. Can we call them Yeah, that? I, I thought of that too. That's uh, like the same group in Montana. It's the same thing. Just unreasonable people being assholes. The program itself is stellar. It's it's a shining example. It should be much better, quite frankly, okay? But among what we've got, relatively speaking, it's a shining example, especially in terms of conditions that are that are included. It's just the folks running the state uh, are politically opposed to it. Uh, so it's kind of a schizophrenic situation. I can't believe they I set it up as a pilot program in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't know people smoke weed in Illinois. Come on. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you have like 3,600 people that are or patients that are registered and can shop, right? And then another 14,000, maybe my member numbers are way off, but another like 14,000 that are pre-registered and are trying to, like they're started the process online and whatnot. That's what I understood. Oh, in Illinois? Yeah. I think, well, I think where this gets a lot of, tricky where we're talking about statistics and metrics and numbers is uh, were they gathered in October of last year or were they gathered in January of this year? Things are moving forward so fast. It's every time Starlight and I talk, we're always just, you know, it boggles our minds how quickly things are moving forward in all aspects. Uh, so it really depends on when we got these numbers. Um, I I, I found a little disparity when I was researching numbers, and so the twenty-five to thirty thousand pending that I I believe that was Fortune magazine, but I need to check that. Uh, but I also believe that those were projected; those numbers were released in January and supposedly cover up through the end of twenty fifteen or the end of December. Do you know how many people can like shop right now and go get medicine right now? Oh, that's that's. Uh, that's a good point. If they've been averaging about 4,400, do they have four? Yeah, I believe the number currently in the program is 4,400. Um, oh. And yeah, if you divide that out over, over the time that they've been doing it, their monthly is much, much less than that. I just want to make sure I'm not confusing the monthly uh, inclusion, how many people they're approving every month with how many people total are in the program. I believe total in the program is about 4,500 as of end of December. So let's say now they might at that rate, the two, January two and a half months later, now maybe they have six, if, if we're lucky, 7,000. But again, the administration is opposing that prog- progress. They're doing tricky little things to slow it down. In, uh, mm-hmm. in June of 2015, they had 2,663 registered qualifying patients. And in January of 2016, uh, 4,037. Oh, damn. So it's hmm. lower. What my source said, 4,400. It's wrong. This it's is the PDF on the DPH Illinois site. But yeah, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can check it That's out. That's the it most goes... authoritative source, quite frankly. So we're saying as of January, we got 4,000 people in it and the dispensary owners and some of these cultivation facilities are like $20 million. They're huge. You know, the industrial cultivation facilities, very complicated. They have casino grade security systems. 
that uh, are like Las Vegas. I mean, you know, $2 million security system. They're very, very just there's a lot of venture capital out there. Boy, I hope I hope the plug doesn't get pulled on this. You know, you would you would hope that deep pockets like that would have some influence at, in the state legislature and also at the federal level in the Congress. Got to make sure they're shaking the right hands. I, I guess. I also think it. I think it, it deeply uh, depends on how much those people with money actually care about the industry versus right. are here for the ride. Mm-hmm. That makes a huge difference. Here's the, I, yeah. I think you're right. Here's There's the a graph lot of money that doesn't care where, where it goes. It goes solar. It goes into tobacco. It goes into cannabis. We don't care. Just what's our percentage profit. Right. And then once you once you achieve that that scale, you know it becomes the the duty of the the board to make money for the shareholders, and you have to just start treating it as such, and then it turns into a Walmart, and then you're like, well, next thing, I'm done with this. <laughs> it's not just a job; it's a fiduciary duty, legally yeah. speaking. Yeah, so well, it's yeah. a really it's really a big deal. Once that machine gets cranked up, how that machine has to feed itself. All right. Well, Starlight. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your website and where people can find you, Miss Craft Mary Jane. Yeah, so I am on all the internets at Craft Mary Jane, craftmaryjane.com. Um, you can shoot me an email at hello at craftmaryjane.com. I totally recommend signing up for my email newsletter because that's usually where I send out the juicy bits that I don't have time to put in an article on the internet, right? <laughs> Otherwise, they can. That's also where you find out where I uh, host uh, what, what we're calling insight sessions. So I really love cannabis entrepreneurs, and I really feel like sharing what's behind the curtain of success is valuable as a collective, and it helps all of us be better and stronger in the industry. And so I like bringing other experts in various arenas to share their insights from their perspective on what cannabis entrepreneurs can do now to be successful long term. And so um, if you're on my website, you will you can check out the latest insight sessions and maybe sign up to find out when new ones are. And then you can get the good stuff from me directly. <laughs> the good stuff. What? Craft Mary Jane. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's always fun having you on the show. You too, man. Um, it's good I'm to totally see you. I'm glad I got to meet you here. Like, I'm super, I feel like I just made some new friends tonight, by the way. It's totally nice. And I'm now like. I'm going to be back on Periscope. I took like a week off, so I'm going to be back on and motivated. Thank you. I need that. And yeah, twice yeah, baked it, in WA. Next time we have you on the show, you got to get your camera working. And we'll we'll do some live juicing. That'd be awesome. Well, oh, be I would. Cool. I was already thinking if I had the camera on, I would definitely be making cookies tonight. Right. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And what's what's your website? Twice baked in WA. <laughs> Uh, com is my blog. And then on Facebook, I'm Twice Baked and Wall, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I'm all over the place. So I'm pretty easy to find. And of course, Periscope. Oh, and Periscope. Periscope. That's right. <laughs> uh, I have so many now, I can't name them all off. Right. All the major so social funny. networks you're on, you will find her Twice Baked in WA. <laughs> That's right. Right. And I just want to say, I totally have the best followers and the nicest people like follow me. And so it's, it's been a really cool experience just to, and thank you all for like just being here and showing up and it's cool. It's good. Awesome to be a part of the internet's the best. 
hell yeah and and seriously you're doing some amazing stuff on the internet and it's it's really exciting to see even in the periphery of of uh what's just happening on the internet and how people are communicating about cannabis like what you're doing has so much value i'm so stoked you're doing it man thank you so much that's awesome (laughs) and gooey gooey you're doing good things too man where are you writing at yeah I got a lot of stuff on gurubinsky.com right now. I am uh, still putting stuff, uh, working with Waxy, and just kind of at a at a slower pace, so I can focus on some other projects right now. And there's some exciting stuff coming down the road that uh, you know is, is not ready to be uh, announced or discussed, but it's going to be real fun. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, I look forward to all of that. Uh, you can find my weed reviews and other reviews on stuffstarslike.com and, of course, hotboxpodcast.com. That's where we do these shows every week. So thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. Peace out. If you like you weed, like this weed, is where, this is where you, you need, need to, to be. be. <laughs> if you like weed, this is where you need to be.